everyone. I'm Emily Chang, and you're listening to Bloomberg Studio 1.0. For this special pandemic edition, we are virtually visiting Ottawa, Canada, to speak with the founder and CEO of Shopify, an e-commerce company whose shares have soared in the quarantine online shopping boom. This on top of partnering with Facebook and challenging Amazon. He grew up in rural Germany, tinkering with computers and writing code. Then in 2002, a love story brought him to Canada, where he tried his luck as an entrepreneur, opening an online snowboard shop. He quickly realized e-commerce software to make selling snowboards, and really anything online more simple, was the real opportunity. Over a decade later, Shopify is now Canada's largest publicly traded company by market value, powering over a million online merchants around the world. Joining me remotely on this edition of Bloomberg Studio 1.0, Tobias Toby Lutka, founder and CEO of Shopify. So you are at your home right now in Ottawa, Canada. What is it like running a massive public company from your house with your family and your kids in the other room? It's... um, I mean, we, we are lucky in tech. We have been collaborating uh, uh, remotely for, for, for a longer time now and, and we're well set up for it, but um, that's on a technical side. And in, in, in reality, I think it was very touch and go um, for the first couple of days. Um, but it's, it's, been, it's been also uh, an incredible experience from the inside just because um, there's a real role for Shopify to play. You know, like um, we, we, we host uh, a million small merchants, um, uh, small medium businesses. And uh, we, we, we set it as our mission to make sure that more of them survive this crisis than otherwise would um, because of um, hopefully our help. And uh, we're trying to ship everything we've got that could be helpful right now. So in a way, it's been a pretty explosive time as well in, uh, in, in, in this regard for us. Facebook came out with a survey that said a third of small businesses have basically shut down. 11% of them expect to fail if conditions persist. What are you seeing? I mean, in, in, in many cases, it's a, it's, a, it's a crushing and testing and trying experience for, 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 for many. Um, we, do, uh, we, we, we do see good uh, news. I mean, like, for instance, I've been buying uh, dairy and uh, like um, cheese and everything from a local farmer through a Shopify store, which they set up as part of this. This has been um, there's been incredible community uh, organization to get the favorite local businesses online. There's been such an incredible pickup of uh, um, curbside pickup and, and local delivery and all these kind of kind of things. So there, there are lots of good news, but um, uh, retail sales have fallen off a cliff in the early uh, days of uh, shelter in place, of course. Um, the adaptable businesses have quickly replaced actually a good deal of his lost sales through online channels mm-hmm. and through other channels. So, so so the demand of the buyers is actually still a- around. And we, we see across the system that 94% of uh, lost sales have actually been replaced um, uh, by people just going online. And some data doesn't really capture this enormous change of trend. What's the sort of operating normal right now? Uh, the operating normal is like, again, retail sales are maybe just ticking up in some places, but like basically 70%, 80% of it was gone. Um, the online stores have, like online shopping have, has increased. The category of online shopping where it has increased by far the most is uh, sales, um, which are within 25 kilometers of where the products are. This sort of local e-commerce is um, something that 
across the platform we haven't seen a, um, seen a lot before. Entrepreneurs are adaptable people. You know, they are the people who get the most out of what they've got. And so uh, there's been a lot of amazing entrepreneurial activity. Now, if so many companies are going to go out of business, if so many people are going to lose their jobs, if discretionary spending is going to drop, isn't that going to hurt Shopify's business? And if so, how much? Yeah, and, and uh, yes, so Shopify is, is not immune. It's part of the economy at large. It, 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 it has visibility in, a, in a, quite a chunk of the uh, economy at this point. Um, so yeah, if consumer spending significant changes, we will see this reflected in in, in, in the GMB of a platform. One thing though is, um, no, it was a much, 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 much smaller company, but Shopify has been around during the fin last financial crisis. Back then thought that it would, uh, that it was, uh, that would be the end of Shopify. What I've actually found out is that the, um, a situation like this, like people losing their jobs, it's a terrible event, but in at least for a subset of people, it is an impetus to act on these ideas that maybe I, I'm building my own company, you know, this kind of impetus. So you did withdraw your guidance for the year, and I'm curious, what are the uncertainties you're dealing with and how are you sort of filling in the blanks as you try to plan for the next six months? So the first thing I did when we started, um, and it sort of a gravity of a wall situation became a little bit more clear, and we decided to you know work remotely because the offices were you know like not not wasn't it wasn't a prudent thing to do. I, I asked the company to delete all plans um, because I think it is important. So hang on, you asked the company to delete all of your plans. Yes. What do you uh, mean? Like, <laughs> I I asked to like. Uh, I'm a big fan, that's obviously not an original, but like I'm a big fan of, 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 of planning. I don't think plans end up being as useful as people make them out to be. Um, mm -hmm. I think the worst thing you can do is try to adhere to a plan to create stability. And you can't, um, you, you, you shouldn't uh, act, the, uh, act the plan. You should, at, at the very least, you should rederive the plan. So what I ask everyone to say is like, um, like take, all the planning, all the preparation work that we've done um, for in our um, in, in in our annual planning, and just rederive this against the changed variables. Like let's come up, like let's figure out, let's look deep in our roadmap and look at everything that might be helpful. In terms of getting your employees back to work, you've said employees can stay home through the end of the year, and you're going to completely redesign offices to be digital first. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so um, it's a bit more uh, sweeping even than that. Um, I think we are like I do think we are seeing the end of of uh, of, of office centricity. It used to be that um, the office was a place where work is being done, and 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 being remote really meant you are like using some digital uh, uh, crutch to be basically in the office so that you can get work done. I think what COVID is going to accelerate is uh, something which would have happened anyways, but would have happened many years from now, which is that really everyone rearranges their understanding of that, that at least for the companies that can do it, all the work is really digital by default. I think, um, so So we will not, like we, we will, uh, we, we expect that the majority of people will work from home uh, and home offices in, in, in the future. We also expect we, we, we are, we so are, what percentage of people would still be in the office on a regular basis? I, I, I would say it's 
20, 25%, something. Really? Like this. Um, I, I think that I come across a lot of people who say, I can't wait for this whole thing to be over because I really would like to go back to the office. I don't think there's a going back to the office the way, the way we had. I think we will go back to something different, potentially better in some ways and potentially uh, in, in some instances also worse than it might have been. And um, I think the first time, any, like if you would all wake up tomorrow and saying, okay, this is back to normal time, I think we would get by basically as far as the elevator banks to say, uh, it doesn't feel right. Um, and so I, I don't actually think that the demand would be there to go back in, in, in the way that, um, uh, that, that, that people might expect. We're going to keep our offices closed for the next little while and actually rederive for floor plans, um, just like all our other plans we are rederiving for the coming times. So would you be comfortable saying your employees can work from home forever if they want to? Jack Dorsey has basically said that at Twitter. Yes, absolutely. And you're not at all concerned about a negative impact on productivity or team building or morale. I I mean, it's going to be different and there's going to be... um, it's going to work better for some people and and, and, and and it's going to be worse for some other people and, and there's going to be a lot of learning to be done. The choice is really, are we passengers on this tidal wave of change change, or do we jump in, in a driver's seat and, and, and just embrace it and try to figure out how to build a global um, world-class company um, by not getting together that often. You're listening to my conversation with Toby Lutka, founder and CEO of Shopify. Up next, the company's humble beginnings and how Silicon Valley underestimated Shopify in the early days of online shopping. I'm Emily Chang. This is Bloomberg Studio understand that as a child you were kind of a rule breaker you liked to find the shortcuts as a parent that sounds like kind of a nightmare but it seemed to turn out okay for you well i grew up in the um 80s 90s um early 90s in in a small town in germany co- uh, called koblenz um i uh lucked into having a computer at early age my parents uh, got me a computer when I was six years old, which is I'm internally thankful for. It was obvious how the world was, was constantly rearranging itself to make computers more and more important. Um, but I ha- had no one to talk with that about. Like other people wouldn't understand this because it's kind of the change was too slow for most people to notice. And so um, uh, I think that's part of why I ended up being a rule breaker. I just ended up having, like if there wasn't a lot of people I ended up being able to share the things that were of massive interest to me um, uh, with. At the same time, I had like my, my, my grandma was an in- incredible entrepreneur in her own right. She started a, a printing shop. Then um, that was a crazy thing to do, especially as a woman right after World War II. And having had a role model who just sort of put starting your own company as a not that big of a deal tool into the toolbox for which I which I used to solve the kind of problems in front of me. I have friends who started a branded apparel business in their basement and suddenly were making hundreds of thousands of dollars and quitting their jobs because of Shopify. You provide entrepreneurs tools to start selling online immediately from shipping to social media to even some warehousing. You know, 
what is the main mission of the company? Because you do so many things, boil it down for us. The mission of the company is uh, to try to make entrepreneurship more approachable, common and easy. And it just seemed very um, obvious to me that in the future, most businesses would be digital by default um, and, and then would uh, uh, start on the Internet and, and, and then go from there. So now, um, 15 years later, uh, Shopify well, has succeeded past my wildest dreams, to be frank. Um, but uh, the, the core of the mission is still is still the same. We, we really, 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 really celebrate the corner stores, the, the pet stores, the, the um, basement fashion labels. About once every 60 seconds, someone gets their first sale on Shopify. And that's pro to us is the most important metric we, uh, and we track and uh, how we judge our, our, our own impact. Speaking of your wildest dream, Shopify is now an $80 billion company. And on any given day, you are the fourth richest person, I believe, in Canada. Why don't we hear more about Shopify and Toby Lutka in mainstream media? That is a good question. <laughs> I don't know. I, um, I, I, but I, I also don't mind. Like, so uh, we always saw our job not to make ourselves look good. It was always to make our merchants look good. Like we didn't ever, like, we, like everyone has already bought something from a Shopify store, but you probably don't know that you did. Um, it's because you bought something from, like basically if, you, if you're buying something online and it wasn't, on Amazon and the experience was any was reasonably like was good <laughs> then it was a Shopify store <laughs> and um, uh, so that's we, we pride ourselves actually being behind the brands well and as you get bigger who are you taking market share from and is it Amazon I don't think so it's certainly not something we've ever thought about about who you're taking market share away like for instance um, on my first uh, fundraising in, in, in Silicon Valley um, I, I got pretty far with great funds um, uh, and, 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 and um, for one reason or another, the deal didn't come together. And, and, and um, part of the reason was that, and this is now like, this is going to sound silly and it was like early last decade. So, so uh, it should be, a, should be okay to say, but um, uh, they just didn't think there was that big of a market for online stores. Their, their research suggested there was 40,000 online stores doing this time. And it's not that they missed anything, they, they, they were correct. Um, but what they like, missed in this case, I think, was that the reason why there was only 40,000 online stores to this time was because no one's built something like Shopify, which would actually make it easier to start them. I wonder if you're being charitable there. Did Silicon Valley and Silicon Valley VCs actually underestimate you? Yeah, I, I, think, I think so, but like, that's okay. I mean, actually, there's lots of advantages of that. <laughs> because honestly, um, all I'm trying to do is I'm trying to build the software I wish I would have found in 2004 when I started my snowboard store. And if other people judge this of value, then they will use it. And if not, then that's kind of when we didn't make it good enough. Shopify went public in May 2015. At the end of the day, your market cap was $2 billion. Now it's $80 billion. So what's happened between then and now that makes it worth 37 times more? I don't know. I, what I work on every day is for what I call the real market value of a company, which is unknowable. Um, but presumably goes up as we are shipping all these products and uh, make um, of more value in the businesses uh, that we serve. Um, so I think what the stock price is, is a um, attempted approximation 
of what the real market value of a company should be. These days, we have basically like every uh, larger retailer is is at least at, is is at least launching something or having some brands on Shopify Plus. That's a big thing. We've announced that we are going into into logistics world with a Shopify fulfillment network. I think the potential has come significantly better in focus because it's just digital commerce is very 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 important part of economy at this point. Um, and and so in a in a in a in a lot of ways we've, we've got good timing and uh, uh, the right product. This is my conversation with Shopify founder and CEO Toby Lutka. Coming up, the company's new partnership with Facebook and Shopify's goal to get rid of the gatekeepers, hint, hint, Amazon, standing between merchants and their customers. I'm Emily Chang. This is Bloomberg Studio 1.0. Stay with us. You are now the biggest public company in Canada, well past the Royal Bank of Canada. That said, you've got analysts out there who say the company is overvalued. Do you worry about that? Do you think you're tempting fate? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't worry. Like we, at Shopify, we have a rural. It's harder to enforce right now where we all remote. Uh, but if if someone is found to look at the stock price doing uh, in in the office, they then have to buy uh, donuts for everyone in the next morning. <laughs> so <laughs> the stock market price is determined by supply and demand, and uh, you know for every sale, there's a there's a buy on the other side, and it has not a lot to do with the real market value of a company other than directionally, it's a it's a it's a price finding mission. You've been making news. You were speaking with Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg. You're partnering with them on a new shopping initiative. How will that work and, and how optimistic are you about e-commerce on Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp when it hasn't really worked out so far? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very optimistic about it. You, you're right that there's a lot more potential um, uh, there. And I, I, I think this is the most credible approach to figure out how to make native commerce really integrated into these platforms. But um, it's, it's, it's worth saying that um, a lot of the success of uh, um, the direct-to-consumer space, a lot of these businesses that are doing really well on Shopify are already the product of uh, the combination of a Shopify platform and the Facebook platform and, and other um, uh, advertising platforms as well. This has been this this has dislodged a you know 60-70 year old um, stalemate over being able to bring really new products to market. Because it used to be the only way to really find an audience was through mass media, through, through the television channels, and the price of entry into placing ads is, was just massive. Um, and so, um, you know, finding a specific audience is, is something that is extremely important for small and medium businesses. That said, how much business is actually being driven through these stores, through your stores? through Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp so far? I mean, isn't it pretty insignificant? Um, depends on if you look at the ads or not. Once you add the ads in, it's a lot. Now, does this mean that Facebook and Instagram could eventually become competitors to Shopify, like Amazon? Again, it's it's hard to make similarities there because, I mean, Amazon, again, is like Amazon is 
selling its own products, right? And 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 it, like they're I, also I really selling don't... a lot of third-party products. Right, and then usually until they don't anymore. Let's talk about that. Amazon has a lot of issues with third-party sellers. I mean, do you think that that relationship is problematic? I mean, even Jeff Bezos has been called to testify before Congress about how the company has been using third-party seller data to potentially build their own products. At least that's the allegation. You know, this, like house brands are a staple of every um, um, of, of every uh, um, grocery store, of every uh, superstore. Um, it's something that's been done as long as retail history has been around. And um, I don't know if it's necessarily different in um, uh, in the digital realm. It's you know. Uh, Amazon is the internet's biggest store, and they behave the exact same way how the biggest store in every other community be, uh, behaved. That's it. It provides a lot of value, and and from the perspective of merchants, it comes with downsides. So when you say they're selling third-party products until they don't, what do you mean by that? I don't think it's a um, it's a, it's a secret that everywhere where you see the Amazon Basic brand, there was probably other brands there before which might have sold a little bit better before those arrived right so i think that makes perfect sense as shopify gets bigger does that put you into more direct competition with amazon with potentially facebook with google i mean google also has google shopping i yeah i those are all again we, we see those as channels we see those as opportunities um i don't know i i, I think that would be extremely disappointing if you want to end up being in uh like more conflict with our merchants uh, that, that's not that when, when we went wrong somewhere. Um, and again, it's our merchants who might be competing with Amazon in, 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 in instances. It's not, really, it's not really us doing it. You've also made a big bet on logistics. How is that going? And, and certainly what are the, the challenges, especially in the middle of a pandemic? It, it's going very well. We, uh, we have over 100 customers using it. Again, so it's early days, but like it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's, Amazing what it allows them to do. Like COVID is, makes this uh, challenging. Now we have one advantage, which is, uh, so we, we we bought a company called Six River Systems uh, out of Boston uh, early last year uh, or mid last year. Um, that is uh, like, like does robotics for warehouses. It, it, it does a specific kind of robotics that um, like actually really, really helps in the warehouses that it's uh, with. It, 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 uh, a lot, it, it makes it easier for people to, um, uh, keep social like keep a distance it's a very that's a large space <laughs> it's it's really it's a fascinating again i love learning so it's it's an it's a direction from which i'm learning a lot of new things every day <laughs> so is the goal then to give your merchants everything they need so they don't have to be reliant on amazon or sell through amazon ever it's it's about yeah it's about empowerment right like it's it's like a it's they they, they should not I mean, hopefully they, Shopify is trustworthy enough to rely on us. But outside of that, ideally, um, uh, you don't need like any, there's no gatekeepers. Now, as you look out five years from now, maybe 10 years from now, with new technology, with AR potentially, how does the e-commerce experience look different and how much more shopping is happening online? From all the numbers we're looking at, um, uh, we are basically in 2030 right now <laughs> on, on, all the ch on all the trend lines we were tracking. Like the future has been pulled forward. Like some of e-commerce will go back to being in person because that's what people um, like 
once given the choice, that's what people will do again. But I think there's no one who is, again, doesn't think that all these systems should be integrated. Um, and uh, I think we will see in the future that uh, even small merchants or, or new entrepreneurs and new businesses that might have been started within the last couple of months will actually show up across you know Facebook shops and Pinterest and have a point of sale location potentially which they're just opening up and their online store. And um, this is like dizzying amounts of channels they might be pre present. And so I think I think we will see a lot of new categories of uh, retail um, actually becoming really, really good digitally rather than um, being um, imperfect similes of, of, of a real experience. All right. Well, we'll certainly have to catch up five or 10 years from now to check you on your predictions, if not before. Shopify CEO Tobias Lutka, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Bloomberg Studio 1.0 is produced and edited by Kevin Hines. Our executive producer is Candy Cheng. Our managing editor is Danielle Culbertson, with special help from Mallory Abelhausen. I'm Emily Chang, your host and executive producer. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.